welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a life coach, certified ultra running coach, and high altitude mountaineer. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like an athlete so you can reach that summit, hike that hike, or finish that trail race. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, endurance training will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Hey friends, how you doing? I am good. I am still, maybe recovering is the wrong word, but yeah, last week was, I ran my first challenge. It was a five-day challenge, which I now realize is big. That is a lot of times to meet with your people. We met for one hour each day. And then the recording of the replay was available to everybody who had signed up for the challenge. So it was such a nice mix of um, the folks who showed up to the live coaching and Q&A and teaching sessions. And then I know there's still many of you who are still working through the replays. But yeah, thanks to all of you. What a blast. I had so much fun. Learned so much about all of you and kind of what you are working on, what turns you on. Um, so yeah, it's I'm going to try to really address that. First of all, in some of these podcasts, you guys gave me podcast material for days. And then also, we are going to be having my 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 business, Sarah Mauer Coaching and Breathwork, will be offering maybe not a five-day challenge, but I would love to every month just do a workshop where you can come on, meet me live, learn some cool shit, maybe get some live coaching, ask, get all your questions answered. So yeah, look for that. I haven't decided for sure what we're doing in February, but um, yeah, I will let you know as soon as that is happening. These are all free events, by the way. Make sure you're on my email list so you don't miss out when it gets announced. And the link to join that, if you're not on it, is in the show notes. So one thing that really, really seemed to resonate with people during that Get Unstuck challenge, where we were just talking about decision-making, being decisive, really dealing with the mind drama that comes up around being decisive. One thing that really fascinated people was the whole idea of trusting yourself. How that's the key to getting a lot of shit done fast (laughs) with way less struggle, with way less drama. And it's also, I think, one of the best time hacks out there, just trusting yourself to do it and do it just fine (laughs) will save you so much time. And I know that endurance athletes, endurance training takes a lot of time. And athletes are always looking for ways to create more time, time to train, or time to just enjoy life outside of training. And I've noticed that when people are working on time management, they're often very focused on strategy, things like calendaring. And one thing I really want you to hold to grab onto is that it's actually way more useful to focus on your thoughts. And here are some of the biggest thought errors that kind of collide to make time management really hard for us as humans. One of them is that time is hard. Time is slippery and difficult. It's easy to waste. Another is that self-control creates more time. Doing what I'm supposed to, when I'm supposed to, will actually create more time for me. We really believe that. We also believe, I just sent an email out about this today, I, we believe as humans that we are inherently lazy and need to constantly shame ourselves into using time well. It's a, it's a, it's a very major 
application, if you listened to the podcast last week, of that stern daddy, that tough coach fallacy. We just like beat ourselves up all the time for wasting time, for not using time productively, for resting too much when it's not quote unquote deserved. And I just want to offer to you that one of the best ways to create time in your life is to get rid of all of those thoughts and start working on believing this thought. I trust myself. And this is not easy. Your brain may throw a fit. It may be doing it right now as you're listening to me say it on this podcast. And the reason it's tough is there's a whole geopolitical, economic, patriarchal power structure that really depends on us not trusting ourselves, that believing that other people know better than us. We know certain things are bullshit. (laughs) Like the, the U.S. healthcare system is such a good example. Why in the U.S. are insurance companies allowed to make a profit off of our medical care? Why does every other industrialized nation provide some level of basic health care for free or at low cost? Why is it a human right everywhere else but not here? And I'm not saying that people in other countries don't buy health insurance, but... Why am I, as a middle-class person in the U.S., paying hundreds of dollars a month for a crappy plan that literally has an $8,000 deductible? And by the way, I was <laughs> I was traveling right after I had my tendon repair in my hand, and I was hanging out with an Australian that I met, and I can't remember how it came up, but I told her that I paid like $15,000 USD out of pocket for that tendon, tendon repair, even with insurance, and she did not want to believe me. She was incredible. Credulous. She was like, no, that can't be. How can that be right? Like, it was like this visceral reaction she was having with horror on her face. And I, I feel like her reaction was the right reaction. Like, we should all have that reaction, but we've just been so conditioned to believe that we have to pay out the ass for healthcare that we almost don't question it anymore. So how can this terrible system exist? Fundamentally, because we allow it. We're conditioned from birth that it's the only way, that it's not so bad, that it's fine for someone who makes 50K a year to pay 15K out of pocket to save their hand. We all know on some level that's super fucked up. But because we've been conditioned to not trust ourselves, we don't protest this. We're not demanding our representatives do something about it. We're not rioting in the streets. We're not protesting in front of insurance companies. We've all kind of drunk the Kool-Aid, and this shows up as not trusting ourselves in other areas of our life, too, pretty much every area of our life, and it causes endless problems for us and for our fellow people. So consider this podcast the start of your fucking rebellion. I'm going to show you how trusting yourself and your authority can get you back in touch with what really matters and also save you a ton of time for training. (laughs) It's great, right? Win, win, win. So three concrete ways that trusting yourself can change your life. I'll give you three examples. First, the tyrannical to-do list. 
our, our to-do list kind of is like our buffer against the ravages of time. And for a lot of us, it's our ruler of our self-worth. When we check things off, we, we get kind of a dopamine hit. And when we don't finish it, we punish ourselves. We And then we double down and try even harder to control, to get more done tomorrow. And a lot of times, controlling looks like creating an elaborate backlog of tasks that need done, but probably don't really need done. So for example, my dad, he, he passed, passed away in 2018, and I've been trying to reclaim his last tax return, which is probably, I don't know, maybe around $1,000 since that time. And I've just had them run around from the IRS. They told me I'm, a, I'm, I'm an identity thief trying to steal my dad's return. I send them a form. Six months later, they send it back and say I filled it out wrong. And it just has become ridiculous. And my dad's IRS thing has been sitting for years on my to-do list because it's too painful to deal with. And every time I look at it, it just reinforces the pain. Not only is my dad gone, it's just like so painful to deal with. The IRS, and it actually makes it harder to do the thing because there's so much negative emotion associated with it. I mean, if it wasn't on the to do list and I wasn't looking at it all the time, maybe in a year I would just wake up and be like, oh, I should try again with my dad's tax return. (laughs) And I wouldn't have like all these negative feelings associated with it because it's been on my to do list for a year and I've been looking at it. And to be like full disclosure, to show you, I have not mastered this stuff in my own life completely. I have an entire Trello board. Trello is an app, T-R-E-L-L-O. And it's like a productivity app where you can move stuff from list to list. This is to do, this is done. So I have an entire board that's my stuff to do now. And then I have another board that's like my second level stuff to do that isn't important enough to go on the the now board, but goes on the later board and nothing on the later board like ever gets done. I'm, I'm working up my courage to just like delete it and trust myself that everything on there that I really needed to do, I'm going to remember it. So how do you break free of the tyrannical to-do list by trusting yourself? I'll give you a little process here. Once a week, you're going to sit down and make a to-do list, and you're going to start from scratch. It's a blank piece of paper. Trust yourself to get all the stuff on the paper that's important. Don't refer to anything from the past. And then what you're going to do is kind of look at this, pare it down if you can, cross off anything that you're like, yeah, I don't really need to do that. (laughs) And, um, or maybe you can combine some tasks into one little package. So take some time, make it how you want it. Then you're going to put the can't miss important stuff on your calendar, whatever that is to you. Maybe it's kids' practices, doctor appointments, client sessions, things you can't miss. And I don't want you to calendar things that you already get done. So if you brush your teeth every day, you don't need to put that on the calendar. For me, I don't need to put working out on the calendar. I really trust myself to get that done one way or another. And it wasn't always that way. (laughs) But those of you who are getting started and really struggling to work out, it might make sense for you to put workouts on the calendar. I bet you will get to a point where you don't have to, where you're like, this is just the happy part of my day. It's something I do for myself. I always get it done. So stuff that you always get done doesn't need to go on the calendar. 
Just the really important stuff. And then what I want you to do, this is this part is hard for me, is that you're going to throw the rest of the list away, crumple it up and put it in the recycling. <laughs> and every time I do that, I'm like, oh shit, that's the end of my life. That's what survival brain tells me. And the truth though is that if it really needs done, something's going to remind me. I'm going to remember you know, it's going to come to me in some way. And I really, really trust the universe to remind me and I trust myself to remember. And doing it that way really, really saves a ton of time, a ton of mental energy. I spent hours like back in the day, like moving stuff around on my calendar. And now I don't do that. And it's kind of amazing. You know, once in a while I do drop a ball, but I was dropping balls even back when I thought I had this well-oiled system too. So it's really miraculous to me and a lot of fun. So come with me on this journey. It definitely feels like a journey. I've, I've started doing this recently and it's, it's been kind of magic. So the tyrannical to-do list, that's one thing that trusting yourself will really help with. Here's another one. This is a big one for athletes. Diet tracking hell. <laughs> Do you spend hours, I don't know about hours, but like way too much time, like on my fitness pal, manually entering the recipes, tracking every little crumb you eat. And you've probably heard me say, even on this podcast, that I do think diet trackers have their place for athletes. There are a few metrics you really should try to get a handle on for the sake of your health. So I want you to hold that in one hand. And in the other hand, I want you to hold the idea that it's possible to track to the point where you either resent the hell out of, out of the tracking or you're so obsessed with every little calorie and macro that it really takes all the fun out of eating. You probably know someone who takes their diet tracker way too seriously. Maybe it's you. And think of all the time it takes to find the ingredients in the restaurant meal and estimate the portions and enter them in the tracker. It makes it like a nightmare to eat out. And if you want to try a new recipe, think about all the time it takes to enter each ingredient and the quantity manually. That's a nightmare, especially if you like to cook, if you like to meal prep, which is something I definitely recommend to athletes. And I haven't seen a lot of research behind this, but I do suspect that diet, diet trackers are linked to orthorexia, which is an eating disorder that's recently been described where the person is obsessed with eating healthy. And if we can control everything we consume, we should do it, right? That's the mindset that diet trackers create. And it's possible for people with an innate tendency toward orthorexia that the diet tracker is the thing that tips them over the cliff so that they spend their whole life controlling their food intake to the expense of other things that would bring them pleasure. So how do you eat healthy without tracking? First, you have to let go of the idea that the tracking actually works. Again, I know I've said tracking can be a useful tool. Again, hold that and at the same time, hold the idea that we really can't know what's in a meal without burning it up in a calorimeter and that many food labels are inaccurate, sometimes by hundreds of calories and lots of macros, that labels can also lie about what's in the food. For example, trans fat only has to be listed if it's more than a gram, but it's really not safe to eat half a gram of trans fat. 
So that labeling is protecting corporations, not you. Let's add that to the fucking rebellion, by the way. So yeah, kind of let go of this idea that the tracking is completely accurate because it's not, it's really not. Second, I want you to accept that this nutrition stuff isn't rocket science. Once you find a menu that works, you don't need to track forever and ever, amen. Even if you are stepping outside that menu once in a while, for example, you're going out to eat once or twice a week. By the way, I have a great cheat for eating out. So my rule with myself when I'm in training is I can eat anything I want at the restaurant as long as it's no bigger than the palm of my hand and I hold the palm over the plate and look down and that's exactly how I get my portion size and a little cheat for that. If you can order something that will be tall, (laughs) then you get to eat more. (laughs) But anyway, that's kind of my quick and dirty tip for eating out portion size, and it works pretty well. But back to my main point, remember that in training, we're not going for a perfect diet. We're going for a good enough diet. It's kind of like parenting, the the attachment parenting trend that's hot now. It tells moms they need to wear the baby or carry it everywhere physically on the body. And if you enjoy that as a parent, by all means do that. But when we actually look at science and what babies need, They just need a good enough parent who gives them a reasonable amount of touch, of affection, and usually responds to their needs. You don't need to wear your baby for it to be emotionally healthy, and you don't need to eat perfectly, accounting for every little calorie to be a good athlete and perform well. And here's another thing to know. The best diet tracker in the world, do you want me to tell you what it is? It's not in the app store because it's your physical stomach. When we're hungry or when it's time to eat, the the stomach sends hunger signals to the brain, which releases hunger hormones. And as it turns out, physical hunger is actually a really excellent indicator that your body needs more fuel. So if you do nothing else, just eat when you're moderately hungry, stop when you're moderately full, and you will eat pretty much the perfect amount to fuel yourself. And this takes some practice, but it is 100% doable. And it's a great way to practice trusting yourself. And like I said, I do think athletes should check a couple of things, especially if they're new to training, sports nutrition. But once you've kind of got a basic handle on how much pro- what you need to eat to get enough protein, what you need to eat to get enough carbs, this is a really good system too, to make sure that you're getting the right amount of fuel but not too much. So think how much time you'll save just trusting yourself to to eat right for your body. So let's move on to number three, become decisive. Most of us waste a lot of time trying to make the right decision, trying to decide, waffling between alternatives, deciding, and then changing our mind after we decide. So becoming hella decisive is a great way to save time. It really requires you to trust yourself. And 90% of the time, when you are struggling with a decision, you already know the answer. It's just that your mind is getting in the way. Your survival brain likes to keep the options open by pointing out all the ways deciding and committing to a course of action could fuck things up. Well, you know what else is fucking things up? Spinning in endless confusion by not deciding and then holding that decision. It just doesn't move you forward. So... How do you decide? How do you become hella decisive? The fastest way 
is to find the decision that's already been made inside of you. So this is fun. I walked my challenge participants through the following somatic exercise. So I'm going to do it with you right here. Let's do it. I, you know, if you're, if you're driving, if you're doing something that requires concentration elsewhere, I want you to come back to this. But if you're just, you know, hanging out, listening to the podcast, let's do it right now. So we're going to start just with two deep breaths. Take a breath in. Now exhale for twice as long. And again in. And exhale for twice as long. Ah, so good. That already feels really good. So now I want you to tell yourself something that's true. So you could start with your name. My name is, and then say your name. Just say it to yourself and notice how that feels in your body. Where do you feel it? Yeah, does it feel like it's moving, shifting? So good. So tell yourself something else that's true. So I'm going to say to myself, I live in Colorado. You can say where you live. Just say it to yourself again. Just noticing how that feels in your body. Where do you feel it? How would you describe it to an alien, that feeling of yes in your body? Let's see if you can find words. Yeah, so this part's fun. I want you to find something that you can tell yourself that's like a hell yes, like a full body yes. So I, maybe you're going to tell yourself ice cream tastes good and your body's going to give you a hell yes. So go ahead, see if you can find that. Really notice, notice the physical sensations that are like a whole body yes, a hell yes. A lot of people say it feels expansive, like space is opening up inside you. Maybe it's fizzy, warm. Just really notice everything that happens when you tell yourself something that your like body is like, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so good. And now we're going to do the same thing for no. So you're going to tell yourself, my name is Esmeralda. There probably is someone listening named Esmeralda who's like, oh, I got the yes. <laughs> but for the rest of you, tell yourself, my name is Esmeralda. And just kind of feel how that no feels in your body. Where do you feel it? Just observing it. And again, telling yourself something that's untrue. I live in Antarctica. Maybe there is someone listening in Antarctica at the research station, but I'm guessing not. <laughs> and just notice where you feel that no. Yeah. And now see if you can get a hell no. <laughs> Tell yourself something about a political party or uh, a movie you really hate. Tell yourself it's good. Tell yourself you love some celebrity that drives you crazy. See if you can make a hell no in your body. Yeah, just really feel what that feels like. Tuning into that. 
All right, friends. So, okay, when you're done, you may feel like sitting up, stretching, shaking something out. Take a minute. And as you're doing that, just know that your job from now on is to really tune into what's a yes and a no in your body and trust that as you are making decisions. What if that was the first thing you did every time you went to make a decision? You just ask and see what your body says. And because the brain will come and give you all kinds of, you know, noise about it, but really deep inside somewhere, you probably know what's right for you. And you are the one who knows best for you. I really want you to step into that authority. So your second job is to decide that your decision is the right decision. Look for evidence everywhere that once you decide you were right, write down all the reasons why it's right. And if survival brain starts making noise, redirect it to the reasons why your decision is perfect, just the way it is. Because really? What is right? There's no such thing as right. Who says? (laughs) Is the universe going to send you a certified letter that's like, congratulations, you have made the right decision? No. (laughs) There's only what you make right, only what you decide is right, And by the way, this doesn't mean that you never get to change your mind. In that case, you know, you make your decision right up until the minute where you want to make something else right. And then you change your mind, make that right. Don't look back. So friends, that is some of my thoughts about trusting yourself, how it saves you time, how it saves you energy. I hope this has been really fun. Reach out at any point. If you have any questions, you can find me through all the links in the show notes. And yeah, I'll be right back here next Wednesday with more good stuff for you. Until then, go get it.